are listening to the official podcast of Resurgence Initiatives, inspiring people to arise together. For more information, go to liveresurgence.com. Samuel chapter 7 um, is a story of uh, the Philistines. And the Philistines have captured the Ark of the Covenant, or I like to call it the Box of God. And they captured the Box of God. And the Philistines have this box, and it's causing havoc. It is, you know, Diagon Falls. There's people, they look at it, and they die. And it's just, it's nonstop problems. So they're like, let's get rid of the box. Israelites, come and pick it up. Like, we don't even want to take it to you because we'll die. We don't know what to do with the box of God. You take it. The box of God ends up at a place for 20 years sitting there. And during that time, there was a hunger that started to grow in the lives of the Israelites. They started to get hungry for God. They started to be opened up and, and realizing that there's more of God. And during this time, there was a guy named Samuel. And Samuel was a young leader at this point. Samuel, this was his first kind of real act as leading Israel. He was leading Israel at this point. It was his, He had just been called into ministry, called by God. And yet this is the first kind of account we read of Samuel actually stepping into it. And he has to lead the people. And the people are in sin and they're saying, we're hungry for God. What does that look like? And Samuel says, I'm going to lead you back to God. Here's what you need to do. You need to remove any idols that you have. You're you're worshiping these fertility gods. Get rid of them. You're, You're doing all these things. Get rid of that and start to focus on God. And if you do that, you'll be free from the Philistines. You'll be completely free from every attack of the enemy. So they did that. Samuel had them, and Samuel also prayed, and he interceded. We see it in 1 Samuel 7. They fasted. They confessed, it says. They drew water before the Lord. Their hearts were starting to warm up where it was hard. Now it's becoming soft. And they started to call on God. And as this was happening, as they were weeping and repenting, the Philistines saw this happening. They saw the Kleenex trucks coming and dropping off Kleenex at the Israelites' camp. And they're like, what's going on? They keep crying. They have all this Kleenex. You know what? They're weak. Let's attack them. This is our time. This is our moment. Let's go. So they go, they start coming towards them because they saw repentance as a weakness. And so they started coming. And, and what happened during this is, um, the Bible says the Israelites heard about this and they were afraid. <laughs> I would be afraid too if an army of A big army was coming towards me. And so their response, the Bible says, was they went to Samuel and they said, Samuel, keep crying out to God. Keep crying out to God. Samuel went and he sacrificed a a small lamb and and they sacrificed that before the Lord and they kept praying. And, And right then when he sacrificed it, the enemy attacked. And when the enemy attacked, the Bible says that the story we read says that God sent thunder. When I read that, I heard, na 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 thunder, na 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 thunder. Thunderstruck, maybe, maybe. I digress. In 10 years of being on a resurgent stage, I would say that my sermon ability, preaching ability has grown. My humor ability, still a work in progress. Um, but I'm trying. And Israel went and they attacked and slaughtered the army. 
because the army was so confused of this thunder that showed up, because God showed up. And in verse 12 we read, Then Samuel took a stone, and he set it up between Mizpah and Shen. He named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. And after that, the Philistines did not invade their territory again. Ten. What do you say after ten years? How can I summarize um, gratitude, experience, history, trial, tribulation, success, breakthrough, promises fulfilled, promises soon to be fulfilled? What do you say? I, I think... You say, thank you, Jesus. Summarizes it all. Thank you, Jesus. And there's some highlights in the story tonight that I want to share, and I believe it, it connects with our story. The first thing is presence. Presence. The, the Ark of the Covenant was the presence of God, this box of God, that in it was the Word of God, the, the, the tablets, in it was Aaron's staff, which signified um, the power of God. It contained manna, the provision of God. Since the inception of us, the presence of God is the most important thing. I remember us being in a room and we said, we need to, if the Holy Spirit comes and we invite people, but the first thing was, we need the Holy Spirit. We can't do anything without the Holy Spirit. It is about Him. Only with His Holy Spirit power can a ministry ever happen. Only with the presence of God. And I believe we need a revelation that without the Holy Spirit, we are nothing and have nothing. The, 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 the most important thing of everything we do, any program, any marketing, anything, it always starts with the presence of God. It has to, or we won't go on. It has to be that. You know, we can look at the Holy Spirit at times in the Christian church and say it's supplemental, it's incidental, it's, it's like the cherry on top of the pie, and we don't want to put it on top of the pie because it, sometimes it may offend people. That's impossible. Because that is God. Without Him, we are nothing. We think He doesn't appeal to the rational mind, but He changes everything. Jesus is the reason, and the Holy Spirit is our helper. And any version of Christianity that's missing the power of the Holy Spirit is actually missing. Miracles, signs, wonders, that's our DNA. That's who we are. We're about the presence of God. The, the importance of the Word of God has to be key. The Word was there. And when, the, when we preach the Word, the Spirit moves. But it, the Word has to be preached, and then the Spirit can move. The Holy Spirit has to be key. The second thing I thought of the story was the vulnerability, the repentance. The presence led them to repentance. Led them to repent, to turn to God, to turn from their sin, to, to actually be broken. I'm convinced that we have to be broken. And if we're not broken, we'll never see a revival that God wants to do. God wants us empty, dry, so that He can fill us. And the reality is, is if we never admit we're broken, if we never become vulnerable and say, I'm dry and I need you, God, then God can never send the Ezekiel to the valleys of our life to speak life into the dry bones. We need to be vulnerable before the Lord. And if there's one thing in the last probably eight years that I personally have gone through is vulnerability. Travis, how do I be a, be a vulnerable leader and not drop rocks? Um, how, how do I be a leader that is vulnerable and says, guys, I don't know what to do. I'm afraid. And, my, and the team goes, you're dealing with fear. Da, 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 da. 
okay, I am. And how, how do we how do we lead our lives saying it's okay to be broken so that God can fill us? Because God uses broken vessels. Prayer. Prayer. They prayed, they fasted, and they interceded. Presence led them to repent, but it led them to prayer. I remember the first gathering we had. We had a lead team meeting, and then we said, we're going to go to the Paramount Theater, and we're going to rent it out for a night, or you get it, use of it from city center, and we're going to pray. I actually have the notes in my phone of what the prayer requests God were calling for sons and daughters to become fathers and mothers. That's what we prayed. We prayed that 10 years ago. We sat, maybe, maybe there was 12 of us, 15 of us, there wasn't many. We walked those seats, and it was a cold night in October, and we prayed. And we prayed that God would move. We had no idea what was going to happen. See, prayer is our foundation. Today, we have a prayer team that meets every two weeks in, in Yari's home. And we pray and intercede for this ministry. There's an app right now that I could send a prayer request out and there's a prayer team of 50, 60 people that'll start to pray for whatever needs to be prayed for. That is what it has to be about. Prayer is the foundation and always has to be the foundation. Prayer has to be key to each one of us. Not just the people on the stage, but our entire community. Every volunteer, everything. It's not, oh, that's the prayer team's responsibility. It's all of us to know Him. We want to know Him. Faith, faith. They, I like this response. They got afraid of the Philistines. There was fear. Natural fear of an army coming to attack them. That's normal. <laughs> an army's going to attack them. That's normal. But their response was amazing. Their response wasn't like, let's run for the hills. Their response was, Samuel, pray more. Cry out to God more. That's pretty amazing. Because why? Because they believed that what Samuel's prayers could be heard. They believed there was a God that could hear them. They believed there was a God that can move. And there was a belief that God could move every mountain in their way. That God could defeat the Philistines. And so they said, pray, cry out to God. And um, that's faith. See, from the moment I remember we stood on the stage 10 years ago, Tara was up there and she was calling out miracles and fire and calling out signs and wonders. That's who we are. It hasn't changed Five years ago when I went full-time, it was this crazy faith step that was so hard to push through. But God calls us to the crazy. He calls us to risks of faith. He calls every one of us in this room to faith beyond what we know. And I believe we're just getting started. I believe that our adventure in faith is just beginning. That God is calling us to increase our faith, to take it deeper. Each one in this room, you're here and wherever you're at, God's calling your faith to increase. There's an increase of faith over our entire community. The second thing is sacrifice. They sacrifice, not the second thing, maybe the sixth thing. The sacrifice, fifth thing, sixth thing, fifth thing. I can count. Sacrifice. They sacrificed the lamb. And as we thought how to celebrate tonight, we got a lamb that's going to come in and we're going to... No, just kidding. Um, that'd be kind of cool, kind of gross at the same time. But they sacrificed the lamb. And um, as we thought how to celebrate tonight, our thoughts went to the countless lead team members that have served on this lead team that currently served, that have served, we thought 
of the partners that give monthly. We thought of the volunteers that greet at the door and have done so for 10 years. We thought of the prayer warriors that are on the app and, and meet at Yari's house. We thought of just the pastors that have supported, have sent messages of encouragement, the friends, other places across the world that send texts and say, hey, praying for you. When there was moments when it felt like we should just quit, why are we doing this? It was those people that said, no, we're behind you. This is a God. Keep going. Don't give up. Those people. When, when we think of all those people, many, everyone in this room, because you're here, there's such gratitude. And I want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you to the worship teams that served and served and the people that have played and spent hours. And I, and I think of all of that. Um, but more than just listing names tonight, and thanking people. We want to celebrate him. We must celebrate the lamb that was slain. Because of him, everything's possible. This is all because of him. We're here because of him. There's no other reason. It's because of him. In the beginning of resurgence, in the middle of resurgence, and now today, and in the future. It's because of him. He's faithful because if we give him our yes, he takes that and does something with it. Tonight we're celebrating a story that he wrote. And we're really lucky to just be part of it. We're lucky to be just part of what he wrote. The ride has been crazy. And um, I sense we're just getting started. I sense we're just getting started. I sense the adventure is just beginning. We aren't giving this to God because all of this that happened is God's from the beginning. And we're just stewards of what he wants to do. But when we started, it was God's, and it still is God's, and we're just going to continue to steward what he's asked us to do. Sometimes that's hard, sometimes that's easy, but we're going to continue to steward that. And tonight we're going to pause, and this is about thanking him, giving him glory, giving him praise. And the sixth thing is breakthrough. What happened is they got breakthrough. God thundered. God showed up. That's our story. This is a move of God. And I don't say that lightly. I don't say that, I don't say that everywhere. I, I've never really said that. I, I say that tonight because this is a move of God. And how, how do you know that, Travis? I know that because I can look back on our history and I know there's no way in Travis, there's no way as good as our lead team is and as good as our volunteers are, as good that this would have sustained 10 years. There is no possible way. I can look back on story after story of lives being transformed, people being healed, people being saved, up north, Africa, wherever, at the altars here, of lives completely changed, miracles happening, finances coming, you name it in every area. This is God. And this is His move. And I don't say that to, to tonight to make us be better or recognize us more, but actually give him honor that honors do. Because this is all his. It's a move of God that we get to be part of. What an incredible privilege. Today, as we were messaging as a lead team, we were just overwhelmed with tears and, and just joy and just going, this is crazy that we get to be part of. And I believe that this story also points to where we're going as a movement. 
The next thing that happened is they built an altar. They Well, they took a stone. And they took a stone and um, they set it in a place to declare that they reached breakthrough. It was what they call an Ebenezer moment. Theologians call it now. But, but here's what happened is that if we read in verse 12, it says, Then Samuel took a stone, he set it up, he named it Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped. Tonight, in a moment, we're going to do that in this place tonight. And it's going to be our response, because how great He is for what He's done. Oh, praise the name of the Lord, our God. That's our response. Because a miracle happened, the sea parted, and we responded. And then the next thing that happened in the story, as we read into verse 14, it says, Throughout Samuel's lifetime, the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines. The towns from Ekron to Gath that the Philistines had captured from Israel were restored to her, and Israel delivered the neighboring territory from the power of the Philistines. Here's the thing. The result is the Philistines never attacked again. But not just that. Cities got restored. Cities were restored. Resurgence, we've just begun. And I want to declare and decree tonight what God has established what God has set in place with His presence, with repentance, with prayer, with faith, with sacrifice, with breakthrough, He's getting ready to continue beyond Edmonton. That God has called us to cities, to see cities restored to their original purpose, to see our nation restored to its original purpose, to see Canada saved, to see nations come to know Him. See, there's a leader in every chair, and as a movement, I can say that word movement, I think after 10 years, as a movement, we declare and decree tonight that this thing is not just about us. It's not about a good feeling or a vibe, but it's about a people outside these doors. It's about a city that needs to know the reality of the fullness of God. And when they do, lives will be changed forever. It's about a province that needs a touch of the Lord. It's about a nation that needs to be saved. Samuel went on and did a circuit, they said, from Gilgal to Bethel. We have an incredible ten years. But our best memories haven't been made yet. I know that. The best is yet to come. And I believe there's going to be an exponential growth. I believe that God is getting ready to, to continue the good work that He started and see it to completion. That He'll restore the locusts that have been stolen. What the enemy has attended for evil, that God is going to do for good because He works all things together. He works all things together. Come on. He works all things together for the good that love Him and are called according to His purpose. See, we're called to see a rising again. We're called to see a restoration to cities. Ten years ago, um, I walked up on the stage at the first resurgence. And um, I said, hi, my name's Travis. You don't know who I am. I know I said that because I pulled up my sermon this week and I read it. I told my testimony. I shared the vision of resurgence. Surprisingly, surprisingly, Ezekiel 37 is what I was my text. And um, I probably spoke for about an hour and a half, if I remember correctly. And so I'm going to do that again tonight. Just kidding. Um, but 
The four points I had that night were conditions for a resurgence. Number one, renewal of our mind. Number two, resurrection of souls. Number three, restoration of dreams. And number four, revival of breath. I look back ten years. I'm not sure if Mike's kind of doing some wonky stuff, but uh, if you want me to change, let me know. Um, and I look back, and the vision, the message, it hasn't changed. Those four points are now three points. They're different words, but our vision is reach souls, revive churches, raise up and empower and release leaders. And when you read this over, you go, for ten years you've been on the same vision, and God, we haven't, we haven't shifted. This is what you set us to do, and we're going to keep doing it. And I think that's faithfulness. I think that's what God calls us to do. That's God. And that Thursday night in October 2008 at the old Paramount Theater, I talked about Joshua 3, verse 5. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourself, for the Lord will do amazing things among you tomorrow. It was part of my hour and a half message. At that point, we knew that we were doing three nights. So I gave everything I had because I had two sermons. And so everything I ever wanted to say, I put in there. I think if I knew we were going to go 10 years, I would have saved some content. <laughs> but he's done amazing things. And in the story of the Israelites, they crossed the Jordan at flood level. The water piles up when the Ark of the Covenant comes through. It's a miracle. They walk on dry ground. Joshua tells them, grab some stones as the 40,000 people walk through. And he says, grab some stones, grab these stones, and, and, and get them, and, and the 12 tribes each grab a stone. And so they grab a stone from the bottom of the river. And when they grab that stone, they take it to the bank, and, and they set up an altar on that bank of 12 stones. Joshua 4 verse 20 says, And Joshua set up at Gilgal twelve stones that have taken out of the Jordan. He sent to the Israelites, In the future when your descendants ask their parents, What do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when it dried up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so all peoples of the earth might know the hand of the Lord is powerful and that you might always fear the Lord your God. See, the altar wasn't the end of the story, but it was a marker on the point of their journey. It was a marker. It was an Ebenezer. It was, it was a moment. There was going to be huge walls coming in front of them, literally, in Jericho. They were going to have obstacles. They were going to have things ahead of them. Yet this was a marking point where they said, this is what the Lord has done. See, there was going to be times where God was going to seem really far, that the risk is going to be really big, and God was going to ask them to huge things. But this was not just a pile of rocks they created. This was more than that. It was to recall who they were, who their God was, and what he had done. And from that, they could draw a line to the future. See, if we don't know where we've been, we, we won't know where we're going to go. 
And I believe that what they had was they had this a signpost, a marker from what God's goodness, what He had done. And they could draw the line into the unknown places that God had called them and said, God, you've been faithful. God, you moved. So I thank you that you're calling me to more. I thank you you're calling me to what's next. It wasn't the end point, but it was a marker. At the last resurgence in September, I distinctively... Um, shared this from the stage, but I distinctively felt something marked us. It was like we were in the middle of the Jordan, and it split. There was the presence and the glory of God was in the room in a, in a divine way. It was the preaching, it was the worship, it was people in our community like Joel texting me at four in the morning. I'm so hungry for God, what do I do? You know, all these different people saying, what, what do we do? God's just stirring my heart. See, there was something I know that I know that I know in my spirit that God marked us. I just know it. I remember that night going home, something happened. Someone says, well, what happened? I, I don't know, but I know something unbelievable just happened. I just know that. And tonight, we're going to build an altar. This is an Ebenezer moment. When you walked in tonight, you each got a stone and hopefully you wrote your name on it. The sound system wrote its name on it too. Um, and as you wrote your name on it, that's better. I think it's that monitor actually. No? Okay. Um, you're right. Um, you wrote it in gold. Gold to signify the value, your identity, what God has called. If you journeyed with us at all, you know that that's something we talk about all the time, how there's gold inside of us. A God calls the gold, the purpose, the dream out of each one of us. And so you wrote your name in gold because I look around this room and every one of you are gold. God has called you, God has set you, he has a purpose. And you wrote your name on the rock and, and you know, this word Ebenezer means the stone of the help. It doesn't mean the stone of the help. It means the stone of the help. It's, it doesn't mean just, it's not just this normal thing. See, in John 1, 4, it says, In him was life and the light of men. And I believe that this passage that we read in Samuel was actually a typology of Jesus. And, and, and what it says is, you know, that God was the stone. It says that in the Bible, God is the rock and, and, and the help of Israel. And I, I really believe that that's kind of the reference here. But then it also, you know, Jesus is the stone, the help of the church or the Christian. You know, if we read uh, in Deuteronomy, it talks about God being our rock. In, in 1 Corinthians 10, it declares Jesus is a rock. Then in John 14, 16, it referenced Jesus as a helper and that another helper is going to come, the Holy Spirit. See, he is the help. See, God told us in June as we, as we met as a lead team, we said, we've got to plan a 10-year anniversary. What do we do? And we made the agenda for this night. And on the agenda was unveil. We knew that God was going to unveil something. We had no idea what. And so we wrote it down, unveil, 20 minutes. <laughs> I'm like, what do you guys think? I don't know, we should pray. So we prayed, we prayed. We've been praying for four or five months. Um... This week, as I prepared this, I felt the Lord say that that unveiling is Him. 
The unveiling is a revelation of the stone of the help in each one of us. That this is an Ebenezer moment. This is a moment that, that, that when, when we do this, there's a realization that after they did this, there was a complete breakthrough from the enemy. There was a breakthrough over their families. There was a breakthrough. The Philistines could not attack them anymore. And then they went on to see restoration happen to cities. I believe God has called us to see restoration to cities. But he's called us to see restoration to families, restoration to bodies, restoration to the body of Christ, restoration to churches. God's going to do something. And, 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 and I realized this, you know, when Samuel went and did this, he didn't, they didn't just pile rocks or they set a stone. And, and when they set a stone, there was a, there was a history. Samuel was actually a miracle. His, his mom wanted a baby, couldn't have a baby, was provoked, finally had a baby. So here is the promise to a dream of a mom. Standing in front of a people that he has to lead, the first time he's leading, and yet now he's going to set a stone. See, there was a history that the Israelites had with God. And I believe we have a history of 10 years. Maybe you've been here for a month, maybe this is your first time, or you were here the first time 10 years ago. But there's a history. There's a weight to it. There's a weight to when we do this. And you can't just set a stone. You actually, you, you set it with that history. It's not just a pile of rocks on the floor. It's actually going, God, this, this stone represents each one of us. It represents our identity. It represents each one of us come from a family in this place. Each one of us represent a church in this place. Each one of us represent a community in the city in this place or beyond the city. And each one of us represent maybe even a denomination. See, that's unique. Resurgence is unique for that. And as we come in a moment, I'm going to invite, would you stand in this place and if you have your rock. I want to invite uh, Ken and Lena Solbrecken to join me and our, and our lead team to even come to. And um, so in a moment, I just want us to stand all across this place when we stand up. I'm going to invite you in a moment to come. And I want you as you come, and we're going to actually just build an altar. <laughs> and we're going to put our rocks. And as you come, would you reflect on the goodness of God in your life, the faithfulness of God in your life, what He has done. This is about Him. And so I just want us to close our eyes for a minute. I just want us to... Holy Spirit, we just thank You for Your goodness. We thank You for faithfulness. We thank You for who You are. Thanks for listening to the official podcast of Resurgence. For more information, go to liveresurgence.com.